0: Hi and welcome back. Today we're answering a question from a listener and her question was this. How do I know if my child is getting enough nutrients or the correct amount of nutrients? And I know from my own experience that when I eat a lot of junk food and I don't pay attention to protein and fiber, I feel like rubbish. And the same is true for kids. So if their behavior seems a little bit off I would suggest taking a closer look at what they eat over an entire week and perhaps making some adjustments that are doable for you. In today's episode, we cover the main nutrients to focus on, protein, fiber, and fat, as well as tips for meal times and sneaking nutrients into your kids. As usual, we go a little off topic here and there, and we also briefly cover the main reasons that both of us Have set boundaries around sugar and fried foods in our homes. I mentioned this in the beginning of the episode but I just want to say it here again to be crystal clear. We are in no way trying to shame anyone about what they eat or feed their kids. We are simply offering our own experiences and the main reasons why we have chosen to eat this way. We aren't saying that you should eat the same as us and in fact, We both have very different opinions on animal protein and yet we both consider ourselves to be healthy eaters. It's not about being rigid and there's no set way for everyone to eat. You do what works for you and your family. Thanks for being here and I hope you enjoy the show.
1: Hi, I'm Vicky. And I'm Lauren, and you're listening to Two Moms
0: and a Mike. a weekly podcast where we chat about our experience as relatively
1: new parents trying to make it in this busy, modern world. We talk about the struggles and joys that come with parenting, and we also focus on the impact this can have on our mind and body. As moms, we all want the same things, right? We want to be happy, to be healthy,
0: and to raise our kids to be the same way. So the goal of this podcast is to bring you
1: helpful tips and information to make this happen. So join us in the quest to improve your overall health and happiness levels just a little bit each day, whilst juggling being a mom, of course. We're all fumbling through this together. Let's do it.
0: Okay, kids nutrition, Jones. This is a topic that I think we will probably do multiple episodes on down the line because it's such a massive topic, Mm -hmm. but it came to me as a question from a friend and basically what she asked was how to know if your child is getting the enough nutrients or the correct nutrients. And good question. So yeah, it is, it's a broad topic. It's a broad topic, but I thought that we could kind of narrow it down a little bit. And before we get started, I want to say that w- whenever we talk about things in this, in this podcast, it's not that we know best or we are doing the best and you should all do the same as us. Mm. This is just our opinions on the topic
1: yeah, and
0: true. we might be right, we might be wrong, it's, it's, it's open for discussion, yeah. and we're not coming from a place of judgment or anything like that. No. So I just wanted be- to put that out there we're first. All, we're because all, we're, all,
1: we're all doing the best we can with the information and the resources that we have, right? So we're all being the best parents we can in, in the capacity that we, that we can. So um, we're all in totally different situations. We're living in different places. We, you know, shop at different places, live different lives, have different situations at home. And so we're all doing the best we can, but it's obviously going to be very different. But this is mine and Vicky's experience, I yeah. suppose.
0: And that, yeah, the best that we can. All parents, I think, do the best that they know how mm-hmm. with the information that they've got. Yeah. And there's this quote, and I have no idea who said it first, but if you knew better you would do better Mm. and I think that is always the the case with parents because we're constantly learning new things and when whenever we learn those new things we try and implement them into our life if it's going to benefit our families so yeah that's just a little little side note before we get started so nothing sounds like we're on our high horse here
1: yeah perfect
0: Okay, so how do we make sure? how, as parents, do we make sure that our kids are getting enough nutrients or the correct nutrients without obsessing over it? Mm. And do you want yeah, do you want to start
1: a, with this Jones, or well, i mean it's it's just it is a really tricky one because it's never just as simple as a straightforward question and answer because obviously children are so different and as I said earlier like our situations are also different and and yeah I've only started learning more about food since having kids I mean I've always had an interest in food of course and and also eating healthily but I wasn't ever really obsessive in terms of was I getting the right amount of nutrients are they varied enough is this going to be good for my microbiome I'd I wasn't thinking about that stuff until I had kids and I and I wanted the best for my kids and so, yeah, I'd I'd catch myself reading up on this stuff a lot. There's a lot of conflicting mm. information out there as well as to what is healthy and what's not healthy, yes. and it can, as a parent who's not a nutritionist, it it can get very overwhelming and very confusing. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if my kids are getting the right amount of nutrients, but I know that what I'm giving them I, t- I try to give them a lot of a, a very varied diet in terms of plants and vegetables and we are eating a lot less meat in our house I'm not a massive meat eater I've got a very turbulent re- relationship with meat you know one year I'll I'll be so anti-meat I won't want anything to do with it and the next year I'll be borderline carnivore because my iron levels are so low but at the moment we we kind of in a good balance yeah I think giving my kids a varied diet is helpful, making sure that a lot of it is not processed. So the majority of the food I give them at home is from a raw state that then I turn into something else and lots of like colorful foods. That's the one thing I always try to do is put color on the plate um, because then I know Mm. that different colors have different qualities to them in terms of nutrients and vitamins and everything I don't know what any of them are don't ask me Connor often says what 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 does red mean and what is yeah I'm like I, uh, I have to google it so <laughs> I don't know but I know that by by diversifying their plate and adding lots of color it can't be a bad thing but yeah that's it's it's just such a it's such a broad topic yeah hey? yeah I've also been like this I mean
0: I've I've gone from what must be about Four years ago, from going completely vegan for it only lasted a few months because I got pregnant again and my body just said absolutely no. That was the same to a lot of that food. Was that with Was that with Maddie? That was, yeah. When I got pregnant with Maddie, yeah, it was the same for Harry. Yeah, it just that was a big wake up call to me that, you know, listening to your body, what your body needs, and at different times, your bodies need different things, and it's the same for the kids. And the kids, when they're growing, so when you think about, are your kids getting the right nutrition, what do they need, really? What are the main nutrients they need to be getting? And they are similar to us, that protein is probably number one, because everything is made out of protein. Mm -hmm. And when you say protein, it doesn't have to come from meat. Vegetarians are just as healthy as omnivores because if, if you do it in the right mm, way, yeah. I mean, you can be very unhealthy on any diet. You you can be a vegan and only eat chips, you know, that's. <laughs> My sister-in-law
1: <laughs> is, is so, a vegetarian who doesn't eat aubergines. She doesn't eat butternut. She A lot of vegetables. She actually hates vegetables. She lives off like cheese and eggs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Least of protein. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> it is. And that I, I mean. There's no there's no one nutrient that is the most important say everything's kind of important, but protein is right at the top there. So that would be the one thing to look at your child and not over the course of one day, but more over the course of a week, if they never eat the protein. On their plate. Maybe you have to start with some trickery. Mm. You you got to start <laughs> doing something. We we do we play games. I play ridiculous games just to get the kids to taste the food. Once they've tasted it, then they they like it. Then they carry on eating it. Yeah. But sometimes it's just that getting it in there. I I mean I will go to quite great lengths. But yeah, I won't do too. it every day yeah. because it doesn't happen every day. Just if I notice. Okay, it's gone a few days now. And Abby never eats the protein. Yeah. So then I've got to do a few things. So you got to do that is something that you do have to pay attention to. The other one, the other nutrient is fat. It's really important for their brains in the development. So like good the right fats, kinds of fats. Talking yeah. avocados and, and salmon, Olives. seeds, things like that. <clears throat> salmon. Yeah, exactly. And then carbohydrates are. Obviously, very important, but I don't think that's something that parents need to focus on because every snack is a carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. So they're going to, they'd be, yeah, they've got their carbs and at school, they're sure definitely carb heavy. Exactly. So it's more to focus on those two things. And by focusing on good quality protein and what you said, also varied protein, mm-hmm. uh, fat, and then fiber, of course, because the same as us. I mean, you need to. Things, yeah, I think fibre is, 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 so is really an important vegetables. one. Mm. It's
1: really an important one mm. um for your your gut microbe kind of like makeup but also uh yes. your the fibre and, and keeping everything like sort of regular. I find that my boys very easily get sort of like blocked up. Uh, especially after this mm. holiday where they were eating a lot of stuff that they wouldn't normally eat. Connor really battled with with constipation and yeah. it was mainly because he just wasn't getting all of those like sort of non-processed raw veggies and stuff that he that he normally eats um and so i really noticed a difference there and it's just such an important factor to have to have on the plates and then there are two there are two ways that i found sorry to interrupt but (laughs) two it's whenever you say two where did those balloons where did those balloons come it is Ah, isn't it it's the peace sign You're going, peace. And then these balloons pop up like, well, peace. Okay, so I will put my my hand down here. For those listening and and not watching, every time we go crazy like this, it's because (laughs) there's these little emojis that just sporadically pop up on Vicky's uh, screen. It's very strange. How come they don't do it to you? (laughs) Because I'm not as funny. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) So there are two ways that I have found to get extra fiber into the kids and i think that this works even for fussy kids yeah. and number 1 is just the very obvious smoothie i make a smoothie most mornings yeah. it's such an obvious easy one but you put i put a ton of blueberries mm-hmm. in there and then no matter what else i put in there it tastes like blueberries oh perfect and they love blueberries yeah that's perfect so uh, you know i'll some spinach, some apple. I mean, they eat tons of apples, anyways. But you know, you can put whatever in there. All the seeds, all of yeah, You that's know what we do as well. We do seeds,
1: flax seeds. <clears throat> we rely heavily on on smoothies and um, soups mm. and soups and soldiers. We call it. So I often make uh, <laughs> stewy type meals. That's what Gordon and I eat a lot of, um, especially in winter. And if the boys don't like it, mainly Harry. Connor, Connor eats anything and everything, he's a champion, mm. but Harry is a lot more fussy and a lot more funny about textures and stuff like that. It's, he's only just started eating and enjoying like chicken or, or he, yeah. doesn't like, he doesn't like that feeling. So I would just blitz a lot of the food that I made, you know, you turn it into like almost like a puree, mm. add some stock, add some water, turn it into a soup. And they love Soup and Soldiers. It's like this fun little thing for them because they get to. Okay. It's a bit of a messy meal. They get to dunk their bread into their into their soup, and it's a way of. I would also add like flax seeds, hemp seeds, uh, whatever seeds I have in the cupboard, yeah. plus uh, a bit of kale, anything, and blitz it up. They don't they don't know what's in there, and they just blindly blindly eat yeah. it.
0: The other tip that I had there is when you are prepping dinner, and you're cutting up vegetables. I find with my girls, they always want to be a part of what I'm doing, and so I will start eating a carrot Mm. stick or something and then they want it also. They might not eat the vegetables when I put them on their Mm. plate, but they will eat them while
1: I'm prepping for dinner. Yeah, well they mirror Um, us, don't don't they? So if they see us eating any sort of snack, they're going to want to eat that snack as well. So it's important to kind of remember that while like what you eat is what they want to eat. if you're standing in front of them, like snacking on a bag of knick-knacks or something, then the chances are they will want to get in on that knick-knack. But if you're standing there, yeah. like dipping some celery into hummus or whatever, they, they're more likely to give that, a, give that a go instead of just putting Absolutely. it on the plate. Also, like I, I, at the moment with my seed cycling, I always have the seeds uh, up to the, the stage of the cycle that I'm at on the table mm. so that when I'm sitting down to a meal, I, I see them and I remember to add it to my meal and uh, they have now started doing that as well so every time we have a dinner like Connor Harry sprinkling sesame seeds onto his yeah. onto his potatoes or whatever but and i go oh not too much not too much and he thinks that it's actually like this big treat uh, we call them sprinkles yeah and they think they're actually like adding yeah. these like really naughty sprinkles to their meal but they're actually just adding loads of vitamins and good fats oh, that's clever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's
0: clever <laughs> You know, when you said that, that just reminded me of something else here, is that my girls, they really, uh, they really like broccoli. And so when, they, when they've got, say they've got four different foods on their, on their plate, and normally if they say there's pasta there, Abby will eat the pasta first, and then she'll always ask for more pasta. And I say, well, you, until you've eaten some of the other things, you can't have more pasta. So then mm. it's the same, like they'll gobble up the broccoli and then Maddie will always ask for more broccoli. And then I have to stop myself because, of course, I just <laughs> want to go and get her more broccoli. But now I go, no, you have to eat some more. You've got to eat <laughs> some of that eat.
1: cheesy pasta, OK? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got to stick to your boundaries. It's so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. I want to go back there to what you said, our kids will mirror you. I think that is the number one way to get your kids to eat better is just to do it yourself.
1: Yeah. They yeah. And it, and it comes down to like shopping and everything. The things that you actually mm. buy and have in your house need to be things that you would be okay with your kids eating. You mm. know? Yeah. So I, I now, am, uh, when I'm shopping, I'm really conscious of, if Connor asks for a bite of this or whatever then I need to be able to give it to him because otherwise it's yeah. kind of like hypocritical, right? Yeah. I mean, unless yeah. I'm talking about like red chilies or uh, I don't know, something with booze in it, but otherwise yeah. it, it, it needs to be kind of family friendly. And then they start building onto those habits that you, that you're also working on. I mean, we are all trying to be healthy ourselves anyway. Yeah. And I, I, I
0: think this also with the, with meals, with kids and, you know, when, you, when you're sitting down, especially when your kids are young, and they go, no, I'm not eating that. The worst thing you can do, not for your kids, but for yourself, is to say, okay, and go and make them something else that you know yeah. they will eat. Because you want them mm. just to eat. But mm. it is the worst thing you can do for yourself <laughs> and your yeah. kids. But because, because it just ma- it's going to make your life so difficult, you do that for them once, then every time you make a meal, they are going to want something else. They're going to want, you're you're enabling them, right? Mm. Yeah. And it makes, it will make your life so difficult. Not to mention, it's also making them behave in that way, because now they know they can get away with it. Now they are going to always ask, they're going to become fussy eaters. Whereas if if they are hungry, I never force the kids to eat. Never. Yeah. We just say, you know, if you're not hungry, you don't have to eat. But you can sit here and chat with us. Yeah.
1: And so then who was it if they're said, hungry, they'll come back. And they'll um, I think maybe it was Big Little Feelings or something like that. Where uh, a chapter in their in their program, because Harry is a, is a pretty fussy eater. But it's getting a lot better now. Maybe with age mm. or maybe with changes I've made to how I react to um, you're in charge as the adult, you're in charge of what's for dinner and they're in charge of how much they eat. Mm. So you, you shouldn't be like stressing over the amount of food that they're, they're eating. They will, if they're hungry enough, they will eat at some point. But you yeah. just keep you, you decide on the menu that that's your job. And then, and you always make sure that there's a safe food on their plate, a safe food being something that they yes. are are guaranteed to eat. So you know that they will have something in their tummy. And then you put all the other options onto the plate, and how much they eat is their, their prerogative, and, but what they eat is, is up to the adult, and that's absolutely what should be happening. Because if your child is dictating what they want to eat, Harry would literally be half human, half hot dog, and that would not yeah. be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a, an image
0: of <laughs> Harry with a little hot dog <laughs> tail. A <laughs> little
1: angry, angry hot dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it, but it is because, and, and, and you think then that you are doing your child a favor or also you're just tired. And I know, I mean, I've, I've been there, but yeah, that's how yeah, I know yeah. is because I've done it. I've gone and Tony's more strict on this than me or in the beginning, he was more strict on it with me and then it changed my ways because I saw how much he was like, don't throw their food away. You know, after we finished dinner and they haven't touched anything, he's like, don't throw it Mm -hmm. away. Just, just leave it because they're going to come back and they're going to say that they're hungry and then you're going to break out a banana again. I got into such a bad routine of that like at one point because mm, they yeah. wouldn't eat. And then I would just say, you know, before bed, I don't want them to go to bed hungry, so give them a banana. And he God, was away a lot, so I just blame it on that. Solo parenting, <laughs> making bad choices. And then, and then it just became this thing. And then I had to break that habit. And that yeah. was hard for me. It was hard for them. If I had just left it now, when they do that, they go no, they're not hungry. They don't want to eat. Blah 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 blah. Don't like this food. Fine. We finish eating. We leave their food there, and then, probably nine times out of ten, if not nine and a half out of ten, they will come back and eat something yeah. before they go to bed. And it was just such it was such a big lesson to me just to see that like Tony's a lot more calm and patient than me. By the end of the day, I'm like, fine, you don't want
1: to eat. <laughs> throw yeah. it away you know yeah. <laughs> so ungrateful you <laughs> see that i would just turn it into a soup it blitz it up with water <laughs> um no but it's important to realize that that in itself like everyone and we can we can agree with this is that you eat when you, we are all hungry at different times we all eat in different ways you know some people are grazers mm. Some people are very picky and some people like to have three big hearty meals a day. Some people like to like you eat according to what your body needs. And we don't know really how our kids are yet. We don't know what their kind of like eating routine is they they kind of like just doing what we are telling them to do. But they might not necessarily be all that hungry come five o'clock or six o'clock for dinner. So I think that's a really good technique to just leave it there and they can come, kind of come and go as yeah. you please. Although I agree and I know that it's it's irritating because you you want to all just sit down and eat and get that done yeah. and then carry on with what's next to come, which is bath time and bedtime and everything. But I think leaving a bit of flexibility there with food takes the stress off both parties because you, str- you don't want food to become this hor- horrific, like, and meal time, to become this horrific, stressful time. Yeah. It should be a happy sociable um, and also I want to throw
0: in something here so you know the first seven years of a child's life is when you learn most of your habits and and <laughs> for me I have not been able to leave food on my plate and it, I didn't think that was strange until I met Tony and he would leave food and I was like didn't you like it he's like no I'm just not hungry anymore I was like what
1: what that's the thing (laughs) i was like but you have to finish your food i have to eat every last p on that that plate i
0: have had to force myself to just stop when i'm not hungry it's like a thing and and i don't remember particularly like if my parents said you had to finish what was on your plate or i don't remember maybe it was i think it was the name of the game then to finish it yeah, was on your plate. I, I don't remember any like traumatic experience, uh, but but I know that it's something that came from when I was when I was young. And so that's something I really don't want to do to my kids. Mm, it's something I'm one. very conscious of. I just you eat you want to eat, you eat. And the only time I will try and coax them is like I said if it's gone a long time without them uh, eating or eating a particular uh, food group and then with that goes the like a rule that we have here is real food first so it's not to say we don't eat uh, sugar and processed foods but that real food comes first we don't fill up on those we eat the meal first and then you might have some sort of snack later on but you wouldn't fill up on yeah on processed foods or on sugar and I think that that's really important when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, making sure your kids are getting enough nutrients. Because if you fill them up on
1: uh, snacks and, and sugar and all of or this. like oven chips or something that don't really have of um, yeah. nutritional value.
0: Yeah, it's not to say don't have them. Mm-hmm. But just don't make that the main food source if you can help it. And then if you've got a fussy eater, if you have very fussy eaters. Just know that three to seven days, every three to seven days, our taste buds turn over. They change. Mm. So it just takes three to seven days of just exposing them to a food. <laughs> so if there's something they really won't eat, just keep putting it on the plate. Keep figuring out ways to get them to taste it. And some this people is my say it like, takes like 18 is- days, but...
1: This has sort of backfired for me now because I used to say that to Connor a lot. Um, I'd say, oh, why don't you try this? Because if I was eating something that he hadn't eaten before, whatever, like an olive or whatever, and I'd say, why don't you you give it a try? Because every couple of – or every 10 days, I think I used to say, your taste buds will change and you might start liking something. And now he's going – like I'll give him what I gave him the week before and he'll have one bite and he's like – no, my taste buds have changed. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> and he's kind of like spun the whole thing on its head. <laughs> Brilliant. And I'm like, well, we'll just put it back in the fridge and freeze it and you'll have it in ten days time. <laughs> that's, Jokes. That's I don't do that. Smart, with Connor with Connor, I'm pretty I'm pretty much like, just eat the food, bud. Sometimes he he's a really good eater, but at the moment he's going through mm. like a bit of a hormonal change and he's he's quite cocky and there's a lot of like not talking back but like pushing back on things Mm. you know testing his boundaries and and um and he's doing it with food a bit because I think he knows that it it gets to me and so I I'm setting boundaries with him and I'm like well because he keeps saying I don't want I don't want this I want peanut butter toast but but yeah so he's pushing back pushing back a lot and I find with food you do actually as much as you don't want to turn it into a stressful event you do need to have certain boundaries with with food and with meals especially with kids at this age because as you say you're setting up habits and those habits are going to be with them for the rest of their lives right yeah. so yeah. you've got to encourage a, a broad range of 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 like or varied eating as well as also knowing that we can't just chop and change meals whenever you feel like it. And also there is a time to sit and eat a bit when you're a bit older. I mean, Harry is three and so I kind of it, it's it's harder for me to get him to sit. And I kind of understand that it's it's difficult in terms of like his focus and everything. I can't expect him to sit there for 10, 15 minutes. He, he can't sit still for like 10, 15 seconds. Mm. So for him sitting still for like five minutes, I'll take it. And then he sort of wanders off and then he comes back to the table and I'm not giving him too much of a hard time about it. But with Connor, um, I'm, I am pushing boundaries a little bit more for him to just try and sit until at least we are finished our meals, you know, and then, yeah. and then he can go off and play. But I just find that it being, being six and also he's at school now and he's got to sit at school with his mates during lunch break and he, he has to sit there until everyone's done and they let them go. So I feel like it's kind of good practice. Do you know what uh, we got this this book for Abby?
0: That's about her starting school because now in Sweden they only start school when they're six, okay. And so she will start in August. And they this book just talks about all the different things that they do at big school, you know, whatever. And in one of them, they talk about how they eat. So they go to the food hall and they sit at the table with this. But in, in the first year, F class uh, here, or well, the book says so anyways, I, don't, I haven't actually asked anyone who's got a kid in F class. The first five minutes, once everyone's sitting at the table with their, with their food, the first five minutes, the teacher sits there and says, OK, so it's quiet for five minutes now and you only eat. No one's mm. allowed to talk so yeah, that same. you can focus on your food. And then after that, OK. Then you can, you can talk. I thought that was really cool. It um, is cool. I, I think at, at our school they're
1: not allowed before. to talk at all, I think. But I could be getting mixed messages from Connor, which is often the case. And then something else I wanted to touch on. I
0: don't want to go all crazy about sugar right now. This is not the yeah. time and place for it. But just remember that, like us, sugar plays a big role in your microbiome. And your microbiome plays a big role in your cravings and 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 food preferences so if you eat a lot of sugar if you feed your kids a lot of sugar that is going to change what they want to eat so that again makes it harder for you the more healthy foods or more smoothies or the more you know fiber that they eat the more they will start to want those foods to crave those Mm. foods and then the same the more sugar that they eat the more they will want to eat more sugar so not saying don't eat sugar we eat lots of sugar it's not it's not that but it, it is just just to know what it's doing don't think that it doesn't affect them because it definitely does and this was again something that uh, I I've always been quite strict about it I've taken a lot of flack from people about being strict with sugar especially up until the age of two but I don't really, I don't really care about that. It's um, my focus is more on doing the right thing for my child. Like, because I I know about it, I can't just ignore it. Right. Yeah. But Tony's also noticed he wasn't as strict and now he's maybe more strict with some of the things than I am, which uh, was funny because he would notice that if the kids had ice cream after dinner, that their sleep was terrible and that the next morning was terrible he noticed that himself i didn't say mm. anything about mm. it and he was like we can't do that <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> we're not we're not doing that after dinner again and it was a few times it was wasn't just once and so i think that's also something just just to take note of for yourself um yeah i if, can it's almost like
1: I can tell when. So Gordon will often take the boys off on a Saturday morning, and either either they go off to after we get back from park run, and then they'll go off to either the park or to they'll scoot down to the coffee shop. And when they go when they go to the latter, when they go to the coffee shop, that they, they, Gordon will either buy them like a panne chocolat or or something, mm. and I can tell. Just by Connor's knock on the door when he gets back, whether he's been to the park or whether he's been to the coffee shop, <laughs> because you can just hear this like enraged, ah, bah, 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 banging on the door like this little demon just trying to get into my house versus this like chill little knock, knock, mommy, we back from the park. Yeah. Sugar affects yeah. my boys in such a big way, and I yeah. am I am pretty anal about sugar. I've gotten I've gotten better at it in uh, well, not better. Because it's not better to be to be more yeah. chilled about sugar. You've got but more, more I chilled. used to be yeah. very strict about it, and I am less so because I know that it is sort of unavoidable in some situations. And but it, yeah, it's and, and you can control you can control your sugar consumption and your kids' sugar consumption at home and in your own home. So that's what I do, and I like yeah. I, I work hard at had, having like a kind of sugar free home. But then when we go to other people's houses, I'm trying to relax into the fact that they might have a few more treats here and there. Uh, And and it helps knowing that when they're at home, they're happy to eat what I'm providing them with. Because I think that's obviously their baseline Mm. food is healthy food. And then every now and then they they have these treats. I think for me, knowing all I know about sugar, it's always going to be a difficult thing for me seeing my kids eat like a massive piece of cake or something. Because I know that... A, it has absolutely no nutritional value and B, it's only going to make them feel crappy afterwards and C, yeah. all the other stuff that it does to your organs and uh, like it, once it's in there, it's in there. Once you've got that information, it's in there, you know. It's a part of our modern way of life, which has lots of pros and cons and, and, and sugar and what it does to our kids is just, just one of those things we have to kind of mm. not let go of, but not let it consume us as it did when Connor was like two. I was also very strict about not letting him have anything until he was past that two-year mark. But then, You know, yeah,
0: something, something that I would like to talk to you more about is, have you ever read the book Ultra Processed Foods? Ultra no. Processed People, sorry. Mm-mm. Ooh, it's very good, very good. The British author, I can't remember what his name is right now. It's an excellent book. I listened to the audiobook, just amazing. And it was by far... My most listened to podcast episode was I based Mm. the episode on the book. It is fantastic. And it's something that maybe we can look at. Maybe you can read the book and we can do we can do a little chat about that book. But that was, yeah, something something for another time. For the for the for the end of this episode, Jones, I've got a list here of three foods that I think are the most important to avoid if possible avoid or reduce, let's say, with your kids Yeah, reduce um, is, is is better, right? Reduce. It's hard yeah. to
1: avoid anything. Realistically. So
0: well so number one, I've got sugary cereals. Because there are so many better breakfast options that sugary cereals they just they they're not setting your kids up for a good day. You you're doing your, your kids a disservice by by giving them you know, Cocoa Pops or whatever in the morning, it just... God, I love Cocoa Pops. Yeah, I know I love Cocoa Pops. That's why it was the first one that came to my mind. (laughs) It's not, it it doesn't help them. And there are loads of breakfast options that are, I mean, you just say overnight oats. My kids will eat overnight oats. My kids actually eat oats probably every morning. But anyways, Mm. the, the second one is sweetened beverages where you can, it's a difficult one, it's very difficult in sweden i feel like this cordial they call it soft it just mm. it's everywhere everywhere and they're always asking for it and we don't have it at home <clears throat> but it's like every time you're out you're expected it's not as bad as oros but close god i love oros and so i think that <laughs> i don't <laughs> I oh do i not. love oros the with
1: extra ice on a on a boiling hot day oh there's
0: nothing better Oros and Knickknacks, it's 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 a surprise we didn't we weren't all orange
1: when we were, know, when it. we were kids. Looked <laughs> like we've been like overdosing on self tan. We yeah. ate so much orange like, shit. We
0: <laughs> in, in South Africa where MSG was like a food group as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it still> is. <laughs> so yeah, sweetened beverages, just because there's oh, it's again, no nutritional value. It's really bad for their teeth. And also,
1: just and also, it's just straight little... straight sugar to the liver. It's yeah, like straight just sugar to the liver. Them. Just another thing for them to deal with, really. Yeah, it's and and and, and like I know I don't want to. I also don't want to bang on and and sound like yeah. this big sugar hater because we all like sugar for a reason. It tastes good and it's lovely, but it does send you on a on a on. You have these blood sugar spikes and stuff, and and your emotions just are erratic when you when you eat sugar and that's not and that's, yeah, and that's not that's, science that's science it's 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 proven to to like send you up and pull you back down and it to to constantly be giving uh sugar especially in the form of juice or whatever where it's such a quick hit yeah. It's not something that should be taken lightly and you should be, yeah, just, I don't know, considering. And it's 10
0: it's ten times worse for the kids because they are so much smaller. Their systems mm. are so much smaller and it's a lot of sugar for their organs to handle. So, yeah, that's one thing. And then the third thing is also possibly one of my favorite foods, fried foods. Mm. <laughs> it's, they are just, it it. One thing that the fried foods, okay, I don't want to even talk about all the oils and uh, all the rancid oils that, you yeah, know, when seed you go oils. to. That
1: needs an Yeah, but in not itself. even
0: that. It's, it's, it's in the fryers, you know, how many times they've been reheated Classes. and cooled and reheated and cooled and just what that does to your insides. It's just, it's terrible. But it's also the palate of your kids. Like fried foods, it's going to change their palate. If it, I mean, if any kid got to choose between broccoli and french fry, obviously they're going to choose the French, if they've tasted it before, they're going to choose the French fry every time Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it just dulls their palate. So, yeah. And, and one more thing, sorry, that I wanted to say at the, at the end of this, before I give you the closing words was that as parents, you said it a little bit earlier, you know, from uh, big little feelings. And they said, you know, as a parent, you set the meal as a parent, you are in charge of, your child's health it's your responsibility right to to feed them the best way you can mm-hmm. and because they they don't have a choice as to what you feed them what goes in their mouth what food you have at home these kinds of things mm-hmm. and so it's and it's a really important part of your child's life and all of us want what's best for our kids and it's really important because the way that you eat affects the way that they grow and, and the habits and that they have and things yeah. like this yeah so and their a, ability bigger... their
1: ability to kind of focus and learn and yeah. grow and develop exactly and, and w- w- yeah when when we are we are privileged enough and fortunate enough to have you know the choices available to us to to be able to feed them well, you know there's some people that yeah. do not it's not within their means to to f- to feed their kids at all. we've got yeah. this amazing. Like, uh, and I wouldn't say advantage, but I suppose it is that we oh, yeah. we are able to feed our kids good, nourishing meals, and that is something that is so it's it's special. It's lucky we're yeah. fortunate. We can we can help them to use their brains and their bodies to the best of their ability by giving them really really good fuel. I wanted to put in there. It, we're not talking about also about upping
0: your your budget for food you can still do this on a budget we're not talking about organic food not everything has to be organic you don't have to get ridiculous about it and count your kids calories and macronutrients and Mm. things like that it's just just real food first and and I think that what we said in the beginning was the most important is that if you eat
1: healthy your kids will too
0: yeah. just be be the example of what you want them to yeah. to do be the example and i think
1: if if you are in a habit where a lot and a lot of us have been in this, i i found myself in the habit of eating, feeding my kids quick food when when harry was younger and that's probably why harry is such a fussy eater and would would live off uh, chicken nuggets for the rest of his life if he could was i found myself getting into the habit of just making fr- like oven cooked you know frozen meals like mm. oven chips and I'd always serve it with peas and and uh, vegetables and and colorful things but I was still at the end of the day giving them fish fingers and and chips because it was easy and I didn't have the energy or time to whip up anything else. If you found yourself in that situation where you're also just doing these quick and easy meals maybe just set like a small baby goal for yourself to just uh, batch cook one small meal on a Sunday or one meal on a Sunday, just one good hearty home cooked meal that you can you can dish out, you can freeze it, and you can bring it out, and 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 that's a quick and easy meal for you, for you to give to your kids instead of the stuff that's been you know deep fried somewhere before using loads of seed oils and then chucked in a bag and you throw it in the freezer. If you've got you know an hour to yourself, make a little home cooked meal and just start taking those baby steps towards. Uh, Uh, good what did you say whole foods first and good foods first yeah real
0: real food first real
1: food yeah real foods first
0: And, and i just want to add one little thing there is that if you are in that space like you were when harry was little and you're listening to this now and you're going you're going oh that sounds great for you but i absolutely cannot uh, get my kids to eat anything else. I'm too tired at the end of the day. I'm just, you know, you're doing frozen dinners or whatever. Mm. And now maybe you're feeling like bad about yourself. First, don't. We all do the best mm. we can. And second. And we've all been uh, there. I've been there. Uh, yeah. And, and then second is there are other ways you can do. You don't have to. Not every meal has to be packed with nutrition. You can swap one of their snacks for an apple or a banana Something mm. or a smoothie, something that you can do very quickly. Just swap one of their snacks, and just getting yeah. an extra apple into your kids every day instead of, uh, instead of like a sandwich, is mm. gonna help. Yeah, just I mean, anything really. Yeah, it's just
1: um, those little little changes that the the more you do it and practice it, I suppose, the, the, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've all been in that. We have all been there yeah. where energy is low there. and the last thing you want to do is is cook some gourmet shit, you know, they're just not going to eat anyway. And then you're going to expend more energy trying to force feed them. We've all been there. So yeah, don't beat yourself up about it and just take baby steps, getting towards being able to put healthy, real foods on the table eventually.
0: Yeah, exactly. Baby steps, the little 1% rule. If you can yes, get 1%, 1% better, better all the every way. day. Yeah. Uh what do you think, Jones? Good place I think to before, end it? Bef- Anything you want to add?
1: Before we go, let's quickly run through the kind of bullet points of what we what we spoke about. Just so that everyone remembers because um, we've we've waffled on quite a lot today. So protein, fiber, and and fat and, uh, and and real food first if you can. Mm-hmm. I think and and try to stay away from sugar and fried foods as much as you can, um, and yeah. then and then uh, oh was the another or one? set some no, boundaries
0: so. around sugar. Let's say not yeah. avoid it completely, but just set some boundaries that you're comfortable with, that your partner's comfortable with, and that's a step in the right direction. It doesn't have to be eliminating completely. Cause yeah,
1: of course. And then yeah, I think
0: that's it. We didn't cover this one question there. I had there, should kids be taking vitamins as a question, but I think we can leave that for another time. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah,
1: according to mainstream media, you would think that calcium should be the, the primary thing that kids should be focusing yeah. on, right? Calcium, yeah. milk, cheese. Um, yeah. And, and that that is a controversial one, because I do, I do think there is a lot of um, space for like yogurts and stuff in the diet, but I don't know if that should be the be all and end all. There's
0: such varying <laughs> degrees i mean you get milk from a, a local farm and then you get milk from an industrial dairy farm mm. so, i mean they are just the nutrients in those two milks are gonna just be worlds apart mm. and nowadays i'm very fussy about milk i will only buy milk that's non-homogenized because when you when they homogenize milk that means that it makes all the molecules the same And so that you don't get that cream on top, because that's too inconvenient for people. People need to then shake their milk. But now you've (laughs) you've altered the state of the milk, highly pasteurized and homogenized milk is basically devoid of nutrients. Oh,
1: shit. Yes. Okay, so maybe we should do a whole other episode on that.
0: Cause yeah, yeah. You sound, you sound pretty heated I'm about quite, this
1: one. I'm quite,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm very fussy about that, especially having daughters because because I used to live in America. It's the worst there. All the milk, that just bang average milk, and this is not just in America, uh, by the way. Uh, those cows are fed loads of antibiotics to make them grow bigger, to get mil- more milk out of them. And those antibiotics and those growth hormones and everything, that goes into the milk. That has been shown to increase puberty mm. at a younger age in girls. Yeah. And they develop earlier. I'm sure it does it to boys also. That You know, they, they develop earlier because they are getting those growth hormones. So milk is something I'm very fussy I wish about.
1: I wish I had known this at high school because I would have I drunk a gallon a day just to get boobs. <laughs> A bit earlier than age sixteen, my na- my nickname was Two Back for for my whole school career because I had two backs. <laughs> 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 a little bit of uh, uh, extra hormones would have got a long way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the milk was too pure back then. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was. <laughs> <laughs> My brother could have done with him as well. He was so tiny. He played like eight-year-old Dill. As a, he was in grade uh, grade nine or something, so he must have been like sixteen, and he played an eight-year-old boy in *To Kill a Mockingbird* in the school production. <laughs> and his nickname was the Blazer because his blazer was so massive that when he came on stage to get like a trophy or whatever, you just see this little blazer shifting across the across the stage. <laughs> Yeah, we were all very small. We needed more more hormones. Obviously, the Eastern Cape, we were just drinking basically milk, milk straight from the cow. Um, okay. That's a good place to okay. eat.
0: We hope that you got a lot of value out of today's episode. And if you found this episode helpful in some way, chances are your friends will too. So go ahead and share it. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back next week with more.
1: No, but this is good because our podcast is just going to be a lot of a lot of ramblings and a lot of laughter and a lot of informa- helpful information in between.
0: A lot of helpful information in between. Yeah, yeah. most of it's going to be ramblings.